This is the One Deeper Podcast, where we talk about cognitive science and AI. From the moment it first hit the internet, ChatGPT has been taking over everyone's imagination. It's got people all over the world excited. It's got people concerned. It's the entire spectrum. I've had several friends who work in completely unrelated non-AI fields ask me how they can use this in their lives, in their schoolwork, in their businesses. It's, there's a lot of interest in this. So I thought it would be nice to talk about technologies like ChatGPT, large language models, and what they can do and what they can't do, um, what it takes to build them, etc. So I'm joined on this episode by Chris Emery. He's an assistant professor at Tilburg University's Department of Cognitive Science and AI. He teaches several courses, including language and AI. We go over a lot of stuff, uh, some technicalities, but a lot of general, just talking about AI and language and the cost of doing these huge, huge AI projects and what the benefits might be. It's a wide-ranging and awesome conversation. And I hope you enjoy it. And as always... Thank you for listening. All right. I think we're live. All right. Chris, what's up? Hello. Yeah. Doing well, you? I'm good, man. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for joining me today. And uh, finally got this thing working. Yeah. So, um, all right. We can do this any way we w- you want to do it. But the, uh, like the fundamental thing that uh, I want to talk about was large language, uh, large language models, right? Mm. Uh, so... How should we begin? What do you think is a good way to like good way to start? Um, maybe like the what like how did this endeavor like the history of this endeavor maybe like trying to get people trying to like because you know there's a chat like a chatbot history there and like mm. a Turing test history there yeah but uh, I don't know up to you where do you wanna how do you wanna how do you wanna approach this? Um, well, so there uh, obviously there's a whole history to interpreting uh, language using computers and then trying to uh, pick up patterns from that. And um, at some point, uh, people figured out that if you have a sort of representation, so let's like, initially, people were mostly concerned with, uh, if you look at the very basic sort of foundations of of language models, um, this is just encoding some probabilities over word occurrences, right? Um, This is a little bit closer to your mouth. Sure. There you go. Sure. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, so that that is if you if you uh, track s- sequences and probabilities over word sequences, and you know the probability that a particular word occurs once another word occurs. So, what is the probability that this word follows after the next? You can unroll these kind of things, and that results in a probabilistic language model, right? So you have you have an encoding of how likely certain words are and you can use that to sort of sample from this right it's a distribution over words and uh, word contexts so that was the i guess the way beginning sort of fundamentals of this it's uh i don't know if you're familiar with markov models but that's sort of where the um initial generative language models are uh, have their origins as far as i'm aware at least um and then so this has always uh, been kind of stuck in because this is the, the obviously the the 
the best way to test if 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 you have a model that actually encodes language uh, well is to sample from it and the um see if the the output is coherent um and if you know at some point you have to introduce that that it also responds to input right uh, but even the sort of very basic um part of generating the language is already uh, pretty impressive if you can do it coherently for more than a few sentences, right? Because right? Right? it's not only if you just sample from a very, uh, well, let's call it a stupid uh, model with not too much memory in terms of what came before, um, it could go whatever direction is probable, right? I'm not sure if you ever tried like the autofill on your phone yeah, yeah. for, for uh, you know, <laughs> shits and giggles, just yeah. click the, yeah, the, yeah. the middle one. And that, it, that one is also a bit trained on your uh, language use, right? So you can see that it tries to input certain, or it tries to um, generate what you would say given almost no context, right? Maybe a few words or something. But those things go nowhere, typically, right? Mm -hmm. um, so this encoding of context and sort of remembering what the context was, was a, a pretty big challenge for a while um, from sort of the the probabilistic foundations at some point we went into the the deep learning uh, era in which we are still at the moment um and you you got a bit of a, a a small um small hints of that it was picking up or at least remembering some of these contexts right you could have it write small uh, pieces of poetry that that would even like in and this is just to give you some view of how how far we're within yeah, we like five years or yeah, something yeah, true. that like uh even like two or three sentences following up that were still coherent in in terms of topic or whatever was mentioned before was already like wow that's impressive um and so but th so the 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 initial deep learning models had this uh problem that tracking of states was very difficult so you could sample from them and it would be fairly um uh, it would look like language but if only if you looked at like a very small uh, window and now currently we're um we're a bit this was sort of you know recurrent neural networks and uh lstms and now we're in the um the transformer period right, right okay okay so wait a second yeah so sorry to interrupt but no like, okay so uh i think there's uh maybe it's worth sort of recognizing that, that there's the there's a um a substantial difference between a generative model and the sort of stuff that we're used to doing with text i mean ai like machine learning is like let's just say text classification mm. like the difference between like classifying a text in terms of like a very simple saying okay this is hap this is a happy context or sad or whatever it is and then from something that can actually generate its own sort of stuff yeah there's a bit of a difference there it is a bit of a difference so um i think the nuances aren't too different so um and Talk directly oh, sorry. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah, one direction. Yeah, I keep right? turning. Yeah. So encoding the, um, the uh, so the, at the end, and especially in neural networks, the representation at some point boils down to whatever you want to classify. 
and classifying the next word is just a classification over a very large vocabulary of potential words, right? So it's not that different. Right, right, okay. It's just a very, very complex classification problem. Gotcha. Um, and uh, yeah, so in, in the same way that you would uh, classify a particular label, classifying the next word is, is essentially the same in this sense. Obviously, there's a bit of... Uh, uh, overhead in terms of things that you need to track to actually do this and also the input um, but yeah so that's that's um, why many of the architectures that are used for text classification and uh, generating language are essentially the same okay in, in you don't need like uh, we're past the sort of uh, time where we needed very tailored mm. algorithms to do particular things and i think in in essence a lot of these things have overlap anyway so even with the probabilistic models many things in essence were the same it's just people tried to engineer particular architectures to accommodate for particular problems right like a sequential classification task where you have to label like let's say every word with uh, something part of speech tag or something let's say it's uh, maybe some local sentiment or something you know so it's not the whole sentence but it's per word some the score goes up or something um you need to track this somehow and and uh hence the encoding needs to be uh uh fitting for this and once we got into um representation learning which is essentially what deep learning is the uh, this this was all sort of general. You could just use this whatever architecture for sequence classification, for document classification, for etc. As long as you manage to have these uh, internal states represented in some way, concatenation or whatever, so that in the end it would boil down to a small matrix over which you can do some classification, uh, it would be fine, right? Problem was that most of the um, recurrent models weren't really um, generalizable, or at least not. You couldn't really transfer what you learned in one model to another model. Maybe it's a good just like just to give you a brief idea of what a, what a recurrent network is. Because I know, but like some people might be like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, well, to to keep it simple, I guess recurrent models encode uh, language over time. So it's a, it's a sequential model that goes over every uh, input word, encodes it somehow, and then um, it remembers this initial encoding of like the first word, second word, it encodes it somehow, there's a bunch of weights in there, and then it, it tries to um, aggregate those weights, and it does that for every word. So it's okay. a very long tracking of weights, just like trying to figure out what comes next in the sequence, is that essentially, is it? Yeah. Is that what's going so on? that's it, it. You could use it for this, but it's, it's it, what it's doing. It's indeed tracking the the sequence and whatever. If you then do a classification of some sort at the end, you basically get still get a small matrix, but it's uh, it it accounted for all the weights before. So it's a bit different from a feed forward neural network or something. Um, where everything is chucked into the same network mm, right, and right, out right. comes some right. uh, classification. This is basically a small uh, feed forward network per time step, so per sequence step. 
and then sort of maybe summing or averaging or whatever at each step, meaning that once you are at the end and you need to decide was this a good classification and need to account for the error to actually fit the, the model, you need to backpropagate right, the error into all these states. So it's very costly in terms of uh, training. You can't really uh, distribute it either because it needs to have all these weights, some memory of all these weights and all these steps that it took yeah. to then backpropagate the error. Um, and so, yeah, as I was saying, these, these models, therefore, were very tricky to train. Um, and that some PhDs spend like four to five years in that uh, particular time span, just like fine-tuning RNNs and LSTMs to work on like one particular task. Yeah. And then like, oh, okay, good, we have state-of-the-art results now. And then it wasn't usable for anything else. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a waste of everyone's time, I think. Um, okay. uh, yeah, they were very finicky to train, and then you couldn't really um, plug them into any other task. So it's not like, okay, I, I trained this on doing like next word prediction. Uh, now I can take that set of weights that I trained and, and just use it for some other task. Okay, okay. So this is like a, this is, I mean, a fundamental problem sort of, in AI right now in general, right? Like general, like taking, like, okay, so when people say you want intelligence or like we want to build this general intelligence, what they mean is something that can perform a bunch of different things in all kinds of different domains, right? But this is still kind of hard. I mean, there's like the Google Gato thing that can do a bunch of stuff, but. Yeah, I think um, AGI has a very particular framing of what is ai and what it's supposed to be doing and that it's it should be you know all knowledgeable and and uh, surpasses in terms of uh cognitive functions and etc so I, i'm um it's a bit of a long reach i think from from where we're now um and um but it this is yeah you could say that indeed you eventually um there would be a, a single sort of, you know, whatever architecture. If you if you if you use some sort of brain analogy, then this thing can also do a lot of things, right? And then um, and it is a, um, a single system that is fitted over time, like learning mm. in the real world, to do many tasks. Yeah, but the problem is here right now is just general, like 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 you just said. You build this thing to be good at one a bunch of like one particular thing. Yep. And then how do you can can you then take it put it somewhere else and it's it's, it's probably gonna be like nope I have no idea what to do here. Yeah. So so the um, I think what what uh, at some point we got into with the transformers is that they're at least for language specifically so that's not incorporating any other uh, modalities or modes of learning or tasks. Um, at least there, it, it was not only, okay, I, I trained this model to say if a document is positive, yes or no. And then in the task that you're doing is representing language in some way, right? So if it's a good model that is generalizable, you would hope that whatever you're doing in this task is actually useful for predicting, uh, I don't know, like uh, some syntax or things about language in general. Um, or, you know, saying if a particular word is close to another word, these kind of simple operations, 
that wasn't really possible with these. So the so the model re representation would be hyper specific to whatever task you were training it for, and with um, very large scale training, which transformer uh, models allow, because they're you can distribute them over many uh, servers, um, many GPUs, and so this sort of uh, got NLP research from. Oh, it's just one PhD student with like one, like a few GPUs mm -hmm. training like these networks for four years to do like one specific thing. It's so, now okay. Now we have like massive amounts of data. Uh, um, any sort of uh, big tech corporation can just take this and train it like very large scale um, on a bunch of tasks at the same time. That's also that was also quite uh, an interesting development where. This is multitask learning, right? So you, you you do not only train it to predict like next words, it also encodes somehow the um, uh, what all the part of speech tags are. Mm. You know, if something is a verb or a noun or whatever, um, it can also say some things about uh, maybe sentiment classification and and uh, whatever other things you can plug in there. And it would all encode this in the same main representation. So all these classification parts are kind of modules that you just attach. Uh, okay, I want to do this classification task, this prediction, etc. But you still maintain the same sort of internal uh, main language representation. And this is a very large scale problem for which you need a lot of data and a lot of annotated data. So uh, I know. So ChatGPT can do multiple different languages right yep so is so does that mean like it has a sort of a general a, a general model of language sort of do you, do you think it's learned something about language that uh, previously we haven't been able to put into a machine or is it just uh i think the so the scale is definitely unprecedented um that is that is something that is um unique to the current uh, line of language models is is just the amount of text data that we have access to and so the um yeah it's it's uh, uh um it's on one hand is this you okay yeah yeah no one sec just need to like uh, sign into my library thing because like <laughs> okay. if i don't sign in the damn thing like they, ch they kick you out <laughs> okay it's super ridiculous. Okay, anyway. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, so, yeah, it's one is the scale, right? Um, and but it's uh, for okay. So let's let's uh, talk about ChatGPT very specifically for a bit. So this uh, the the main um, what is new in this system is that it's it's a very uh, it's a it's a very impressive sort of crowdsourcing project. Wait, wait, hold on, <laughs> hold on a second. All right, yeah, okay. So we've been trying to, to tackle like uh, sensible language generation for a while. Let's say, yeah, right. And what is it? And in two thousand seventeen, this paper came out, right? Attention is all you need. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I mean, uh, first of all, what is attention in that context uh attention is uh is nothing more than a bunch of matrices with weights 
Okay. And it's just like <laughs> it's just like you're calculating, okay, which part of the thing that I just saw should be is most relevant to the task that I'm trying to do next. Yeah, whatever relevant means. Right, exactly. Whatever yes. relevant means, right? Yes. So Okay, and then what that paper shared, showed you is that, that that with just that mechanism and like some other stuff is good enough to make like sensible things happen. Yes. Or generally speaking. Yeah, right? well, so, it's, it's uh, yeah, so it's indeed uh, high, sort of high quality language uh, encodings um, and that, and yeah, these attention mechanisms are scalable. That was the most important part. Right, right. Okay, yes, exactly. So the biggest part of that is like you can train this on massive data sets and do it parallelly in a efficient way to actually make it useful. Yeah, exactly. Right, okay. Yeah. Cool, nice. Okay, then from that, uh, and this is the technology that, that underlies ChatGPT, right? Yes. Okay. So indeed, it, 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 uh, in bases, uh, we can only hypothesize because we don't know for sure, obviously. Open AI, right? Very, very open. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're open to pay very. for their systems at some point. Very um, open. Yeah. Um, but we, we, we know that there's at least some GPT variant and we know what GPT-2 and GPT-3 at least were designed like because there were at least papers associated to this that you can read. Um, or at least some blog posts, or, or um, uh, um, there's also work that tries to replicate these um, these systems. So we have a bit more knowledge about this. Uh, but th these, so this has already this line of research is not super new. So it's not like this. Oh, Chat GPT just uh, fell out of the sky. Exactly. exactly. Like so, so I mean, it's like most things. It builds on years of incrementally moving from one little thing Indeed. to another thing. Yeah, and, and then, so... And then all of a sudden there's this stepwise, like, thing that turns out to be partly because we have so much data now. Yeah. And we've managed to make it scalable to train these things. Yeah, so it's that is one side of it. And the other side is that once we got into... So these are autoregressive language models, meaning that they... Uh, Transformers for a while just uh, were restricted to predicting something in context and you couldn't really predict like given a context what is the next thing or at least it didn't work uh, like that for for some uh, bit like birth or something is is restricted um, but if you can do like next word prediction that means that as I was also alluding to with the in the very beginning you can also generate things um, once you can generate things you can start doing uh, funky things with the inputs, right? So whatever uh, prompt or context you give the model before it starts generating anything becomes quite important. So before ChatGPT is a, is a funny line of re research where people were doing what's called prompt engineering, which is can I phrase input to this model in a way so that whatever it generates after does something for me. And that could be a classification task too, like can you, uh, what is the sentiment of the following sentence? And obviously if you, if you, if it's trained on, on a lot of data, there's also classification sets in there. There's, um, it, it starts picking up on these patterns just from training this model, right? It's not, you never told it to do this. It's not, it's a bug, right? In the model itself, you're, you're sort of abusing that there's some language encoding, plus it was also trained on data that might have these kind of things in there. And then you start getting all of these, you know, papers that were just showing like, okay, we actually get very good results if we just let something generate like classification labels for us. 
it's totally weird. Like this is not <laughs> it's <laughs> because it's optimized. Like it's researchers optimizing how to query a model to do work for them. Right. It's not like training the model itself. It's training humans so that you 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 correctly prompted to do a particular classification task. So that's one part of it. Um, so so if you hide these instruction sets, as they're called, so these prompts, uh, and you just uh, uh, give that as sort of the, the initial bit of context and whatever, you always append that. And then there's whatever you say after. This is sort of what is behind the scenes of many of these sort of chat interfaces. There's like this massive or unknown prompt to make it generate something a particular way that they worked very hard on doing this sort of engineering of the, of that particular uh, prompt, but it's hidden. So you don't know that actually when you say, Hey, or whatever to, to chat GPT or whatever other GLM, um, there's actually a massive sort of prompt before. So that it responds in a particular way. That is one. So that's one part of it. Second part is that, um, if you just let, like if you can use GPT-3, that's something you can query and, and a lot of this prompt engineering was done on. But if you, like putting this in the wild for people to use is a very risky endeavor. There's There were many um, sort of chatbot interfaces before from like Microsoft's uh, Tay is a very notorious example. Yeah, just went, went online, became immediately racist. Exactly. So, <laughs> and, the, and... No, actually, so like, so... That's that's super interesting, right? Because uh, what's curious about that is so I uh, wrote a paper for something about um, so I don't use Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. I haven't used it for several years, and my life has been infinitely better. But, yeah, good on you. <laughs> but but like <laughs> but I was thinking about like you know some of the things I was doing some just really reading papers about like the kind of things that happen on Twitter and Facebook, and. So in networks like Twitter and Facebook, the things that get shared the most and are most impactful on is not unfortunately the truth. It's like it's whatever gets the most novel reaction. Like so things that generate the more novel the reaction it generates, that it tends to propagate through the network much faster. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that put an AI model in there it picks up on all the things that get shared and gets amplified the most. And it's like, turns out those are all the things that get people most most yes. upset and yeah. most mad, which is terrible. That's yeah. So if you, if you, if you let uh, a, um, a language generation model, get wind of algorithms that push particular yes, recommendations. It's like this weird space where we are putting two completely unrelated algorithms mm. together and then just like saying, all right, what happens here? Yeah. <laughs> and like Probably one, the... <laughs> one is optimizing to keep you as engaged as possible. Yeah. The other is optimizing to be to to like to learn whatever the pattern that that, that thing is generating. So it's like this I mean, we're sort of living in this world where it's like there are these all these interacting algorithms that we sort of built and we haven't built them. They've all been built in in a silo, right? Yeah, like they like like uh, Tay had no idea about uh, Google, about Twitter Twitter's recommendation algorithm. It's no idea, right? No. So because because a they're proprietary, right? And so it's just like we build them in silos, and then we throw them out into the wild, and it's like, oh, that's that's pretty ridiculous, yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, of course it doesn't work the way. Especially I know. giving it a, a public platform. So whatever 
you know, ChatGPT is also not free from um, from having its uh, less uh, politically correct moments. Uh, but it's you have to share this through like a screenshot because it's a direct prompt interface, right? And it's it's much less uh, overt than putting things on Twitter. Also, they can um, put up fences everywhere because it's on their system, right? Um, which is also that is a very, I think, under recognized part of of uh, uh, OpenAI's interface is that they've not they've I don't know for how long it's been up now a few months I think they've not had a scandal yet that's yeah but pretty that's pretty absurd yes I don't know I was I, I you know like I was expecting people to like there to be reports like people go to hospital like because like they take they're like taking medical advice from ChatGPT maybe you know? <laughs> I was like I was I'm, I'm waiting I'm like man what's yeah. going on like for example I played around with it quite a bit right mm. I'm because I was like because I wanted I, I was trying to poke it and see where it sort of breaks in a weird instance. So like, it's, um, so one thing I did was I described the cat, right? In a very abstract manner. Like it just in terms of cylinders and cones and circles, right? Uh, to a degree that like, so I asked people the same question and they were like, oh, you're talking about a cat. Yeah. Right? They were like, yeah, that's what a cat looks like. ChatGPT did, so like I was trying to see how, okay, I was, I, was trying to, I was trying to query its understanding. Like, does this thing actually understand? But like maybe it's a terrible test. But I was like, okay, let's come up with a description of something that's pretty ab- abstract. Mm. But the general person seems to be understand. So I put it on put it on like WhatsApp groups, and they're like, yeah, hey, you're not t- talking about a cat, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's a cat. Yeah. And then I asked the same thing from ChatGPT. He kept asking me like, okay, not enough information. Can you add, can you give me more detail? And then I was <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, language models don't know anything. That's the thing. Cool. So I think that is look, man. There's so many things we can talk about right now. <laughs> but okay, let's uh, first. Uh, talk about that maybe because people keep asking me because like and I walk around the library now right yeah so I okay so the, the library is a very interesting environment mm. okay so what's interesting is that when if you spend enough time in a place right you might think it, you might think it gets boring but if you are observant it gets really interesting because people are super weird right yeah and you start noticing patterns in like human behavior and like things people do that like that's just crazy interesting like sitting in the library for me when i'm working it's like sitting in a zoo i was like and i was like man this is people are so weird right anyway so one of the things i observed was like so there's a different increase in like uh not so ai students make a very small group of the entire population of tilburg university yep. which is a very liberal arts law business social science university right yeah so as far as i'm concerned they're all casuals right yes <laughs> i think that's a fair uh, <laughs> right? yeah okay so all this, so so there so there i've seen so i see people like on chat gpt like why has they reading a lot studying law or like their psychology and asking questions i'm like I'm like oh. and i'm thinking and i'm thinking to myself man like i kind of want to like tap him on the shoulder and be like you're just I want you to know, like, it doesn't understand anything, you know, like, like, yeah. so, like I've, I've seen people like ask it something, it give it an answer, and they literally put that answer in like papers, and I'm like, yeah. oh Jesus, this is not good. Yeah, right? that's a, it's a bit of a challenge for us too, right? Yeah. Uh, as a university, to to educate students that this thing is nothing more than a generator of its training data, and there's very uh, little comprehension there, right? So. Um, that I cannot. I th- I, that I don't think can be 
overstated enough. Like, absolutely no. It's you know there's a lot of related uh, uh, research and and uh, even before ChatGPT, the most popular one being uh, the stochastic parrot paper, as this is what's, called. What's that about? It's a uh, it it, it um, it's from a few very good uh, authors. Um, uh, I think it was written at Google at the time. Uh, half of the people couldn't be on the paper because there was a whole internal uh, drama around this. Google um, is a Google is a weird place. Yeah. So they, at some point they decided they wanted an AI ethics board. Oh yeah. So they hired a bunch of people and then they that then them? write a paper critiquing yeah. their own uh, practices, um, and that didn't go over very well. You can also imagine that these uh, ethicists <laughs> are a particular type of people, yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. they typically don't really uh, take shit. Yeah. So um, anyway, so they published the paper. One of the uh, authors um, uh, used a pseudonym even, uh, so she could be on the paper. Uh, but then, you know, it's not on her, her actual name. Anyway, so this paper has a bunch of claims um, or points out a bunch of problems with training very large language models. Um, one is environmental impact. One is um, uh, impact on s sort of marginalization of people. Um, but the, the, the main claim, or not the main claim, the main point is that there's no understanding and it's about overselling AI in a way uh, that speaks to people, right? It, we're happy to be sort of amazed by these kind of chat interfaces, thinking that it does more than it actually does. You attribute a lot to it. And I think that's also the fault of many machine learning researchers that we talk about these systems as if they're humans, right? We mm. use all these kind of analogies with and the brain and yeah. it's thinking and uh, it's, uh, yeah. So, so you, in language, as in how we talk about these models, you always uh, sort of anthropomorphize these things, right? It's it's uh, it's something that we do, and it's uh, it it takes a bit away from the reality of the matter, which is that is just a, what they call a stochastic parrot. It's parroting humans with some uh, stochastic processes behind it. Uh, so it's really only repeating the training data. There's no larger uh, uh, modes of language learning here that it abstracts from what it learns and now it knows things about the world. And <clears throat> obviously the training data is biased in a way. Uh, the internet is not a really good place to train <laughs> yeah. on. I think we can all agree that yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever happens in the real world is a lot nicer in terms of conversations and interactions yeah, than what sure. happens on the internet. Also in terms of content that is available. So yeah, it's um so like um uh, well man so I used ChatGPT to study for an exam. Yeah. Right? I wanted to see I was like I'm gonna, I'm going to roll the dice on this, okay? Cuz it, it, it was an evolutionary psychology exam. Um and I was like, okay, how can I use this thing to make it make, make my life more efficient, right? Mm. So I was like at least cuz I had I, I knew Relying on this thing to answer questions directly was not going to be useful. So what I did was I showed it all seven papers that we, that we had to read, one after the other, right? And I just asked it questions. Like, so I was like, but the, the key thing here is like, I had already read these papers, right? So I knew what I should expect. So if, if, it, says, if it said something ridiculous, I'd be like, that's not in the paper, that makes, makes no sense. But it was actually quite useful because like, when I came towards the exam, 
I didn't have to read the papers all over again. I just gave it to this thing, and I was like, yo, um, what are some like what are the most important like I don't know what are the uh, what is that like so when I so when I'm reading the material, and I have a question, it's like okay, what does this mean in this context? Mm. And it was like it was reasonable, obviously, but I was gambling. I was like I wanted to see like. Because I was like, I was like, if it, if I get completely fucked, I'll just take the reset. It's gonna be fine, right? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, let's see what let's see what happens. I did fine. Um, I, I was like, obviously, I'm not. I'm saying that GPT was useful in the example. I'm just saying because I prepared. But uh, there is a place for this thing. I feel like it can be useful because I mean, even now the the internet is full of examples, like posts upon posts of people saying, "Oh, look at all the cool things I can do with GPT. Mm, like all yeah. the cool things I can build." You know, like. Okay, fair play, um, but um, of course there's uh, risks involved. So like, absolutely. Well, uh, and the, and who has the? Uh, uh, what about liability? Like, yeah, who is liable? That's for this? Uh, well, that's a bit more concrete now that Microsoft has, has invested a lot of money <clears throat> and has also integrated into. You know what's Bing. funny? Like, um, uh, what's funny is like, I'm starting to like. I'm starting to realize how shit Google search is now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like Go- Google's not is, great. Is, is, main business is ranking pages, right? Oh, and yeah, there yeah. are limits to yeah. what it can do with ranking pages. Um, and this is also how we're used to gathering information, right? Mm. This is uh, from from the sort of beginnings of the internet. And, and we always wanted to know where the pages are. Like, can I find a, and and then we were happy to go there and extract whatever information we need ourselves, um, and that that ha- that works well if you're sort of a casual internet user. If you ever try to debug something in code or in your on your system, you know how many damn pages you need to go through yeah, to find yeah. your answer yeah, finally, yeah, yeah. right? It's like a one hour sit yeah. down. Yeah scrolling stack overflow yeah and this was one of the things that i was really uh, impressed by is like some of my what what would be a pretty uh, uh large search it like pretty easily and uh, retrieves it and i can you know i know um what the answer should be is just something that i don't necessarily know right now i can at least evaluate that it's good and it's like okay great let's put it in there see if it works etc so in that context it works very well um and this is where they want to go with like next search. And that's been happening for a while, right? We have these uh, smart assistants that they were pushing on us. From, oh, yeah. I don't know how long ago. I don't know I when mean, Siri like came out. I mean, like a chat Siri would be great. I feel like. So this is where we want to go in, in some uh, direction, right? So having these assistants, so we, we now have the technology to, well... <clears throat> if you're a native English speaker, <laughs> yeah. it works very well. And all the other ones, I'm I'm not sure that the technology is there to really uh, uh, correctly parse your whatever you're saying. I think captioning is still, you know, that's that's a pretty um, good indicator how far we are with mapping mm-hmm. uh, audio waves to actual words. But so this is this has been developing, and now um, querying the web via some some interface and summarizing that information that's the sort of next bit that i think we'll get we'll get whatever we've because these assistants aren't really that useful yet right yeah they're not i mean i, I mean how often do you use siri man i didn't like ne- never. never i always it, turn it off yeah, immediately yeah. once i i uh, started up so um yeah <laughs> maybe it's like I, I'll, I'll the only time i use it is like 
to maybe maybe when i'm like cooking and i want it want to get reminded of something and i don't want to take, wash my hands i'm like hey siri yeah. remind me of this He's exactly like, okay. set a timer for yeah, whatever yeah, exactly. that, that's about that, it that's right? about it yeah and then most because you can't really use it for anything else than just retrieving whatever structured information there is already on the phone right weather and and these kind of things which is probably useful for, for some people but even dictating an email or something <clears throat> that doesn't really work that well you have to post at it anyway so it's not like i can be in the car dictating my full email send it off and be like oh yeah yeah, yeah no worries i'm gonna yeah like so like, pretty yeah. confident this is gonna be yeah, like, well represented what do you and, imagine is like is like um, you're driving in the car and you say hey siri without even actually having to be specific like hey siri uh, i got it like can you email uh, chris and tell him about our change of plans for dinner based on the email i got from uh manuel and then it knows and it goes and looks yeah, at Emmanuel's email and it like puts it together and writes this nice email that's like yeah the future we are sort of imagining right absolutely so this is what you see in all these kind of promotional ai videos right that the, yes. these kind of things are reality and i think we're moving there um although i should say that uh it's kind of funny if you think about well it's not funny it's it's pretty concerning if you think about like how much um goes into just doing these kind of simple operations it's nice that we can automate all of these things but there's like massive costs associated to all of these things not only in sort of computation wise um mostly you think about power consumption or whatever right like okay the the servers that are these things are trained on and run on are expensive one they also consume a lot of powers too three we don't really have like sustainable power for this Four is if you if you um, plot the sort of energy consumption plus cost plus whatever is needed to scale. This is not only like an insanely big associated cost; it also puts most uh, academic researchers out of developing this. There's no way that if if the current trend uh, trend proceeds, that academia can can keep up in terms of resources. So at some point access to this and like insight into these kind of models is going to be gone if, if we don't have better scaling uh, alternatives yeah so a, a chat gpt with 10 parameters isn't is, is is so is it not so like so chat gpt was trained with on a, i think like 165 billion parameter network i don't know by heart yeah anyway but like it's a <laughs> massive uh, yes. yeah it's massive right yeah. So, but so there's a there's a it's not a uh, like a linearly scale like so actually I the same thing but with just ten parameters. So is that not like studying how that works? Does that not give you some insight on how the bigger thing works, or is it just a qualitatively completely different beast? Um, it yeah, I think a lot of the the um, the important points about. Uh, training these systems is uh, is not something that's realistic. So it's not only about um, fitting the initial model, which is already quite expensive. The trend so far has been more data, more computation power. That's also the uh, Richard Sutton's bitter lesson is that academia always focuses on a lot of uh, clever tricks and optimizations. And then in comes the next generation of models that's just like, we have more compute, more data now, bye. And it works better. Right, so, right. see you. So, <laughs> <laughs> your five years of research are in the garbage bin now. Um, 
so this has always been true so far like if you scale up compute and data you don't need clever tricks like gpt3 is just predicting next word things it's not really doing like insanely clever like the architecture is obviously clever but there's no like uh, very neatly encoded like who heuristics and whatever we really thought about this from a cognitive no it's just ways there you go attention our matrices by and then so so yeah, I think that this will, if, we don't really have any policy around this, right? It's not like we necessarily care that, that uh, I don't know, for, for to uh, build all these GPUs, CPUs, we're basically ravaging the planet. It's out of sight, right? It's in countries that we never go and check out wherever lithium is from or something, right? Um, so that that's, it, it's, it, 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 completely obfuscates whatever is the the actual cost to to scaling up right we're just and especially from from a research point of view you're just concerned with okay what like this is for this is a very interesting model what what is this doing now okay we have some chat interfaces then we care about how this is going to impact education oh no our students are going to use chat gpt now meanwhile <laughs> if we if this keeps scaling up we have like just a serious like environmental problem for automating things that are necessarily worth automating, in my opinion, at mm. least. Um, so, and there's no policies around this. There's nothing that that caps this to okay, uh, whatever, uh, Google, Microsoft, etc. You had a good run. We we stopped caring about scaling this up. Like, let's focus on on what we have now and improving that. It's always been a rat race to sort of the next. Um, the next well-performing model regardless of what it, that that's costing us so how do you measure the benefit the cost it seems like it's easy to measure right because in power yes. consumption yeah you can objectively measure it yeah. yeah how do how do we measure the possible upside i think it's very difficult i think a lot of the downsides are are so environmentally etc it's it's easily measurable but i think a lot of impact that these models have on us uh, also mentally uh, is is very difficult and I think no, no one's actually studying this at scale right so even from um, I'll I'll go to the positive part <laughs> I just want to yeah, yeah. No, 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 go I, down because, this uh, because I was thinking like the, the this, for these kind of things um, it's easy to, it's fairly straightforward to calculate the the, the costs yeah the, but the, the 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 benefits are little more amorphous it's kind of hard to wrap your hands around yeah i think it's also like uh many of the so i think because if you want to balance it out you want to do a cost yes. benefit balance right yeah i think um you can measure pro it's difficult because we can measure pro for example productivity for us right it's it's if you want to perform well at your job and stuff then reducing the amount of time that you spend on things that could be automated is good bring this thing a bit closer to your oh head. yeah just sure like, i'll just go like this yeah so productivity that's important to us being in a in a sort of uh developed western country etc going that route is important so you can measure it that way um yeah what else could you do are there things that you couldn't have done before maybe if you use these kind of systems so one of the things that i find really uh that i love that I, okay, it's a double-edged double-edged sword. But mm. one of the things that I'm really excited about is the possible is the fact that 
things like ChatGPT or or generative models in general. So like models that do like stable diffusion, you generate art and all those things, right? Mm. It sort of lowers the barrier of entry for for creativity in a sense. Yeah. Right? Cuz cuz uh, like I you know, I've dabbled, I mean, I've I've dabbled in for example drawing, right? Um and this and all the other stuff. So I, I like being creative. I, I like I like cre- being a creative person. And but most of my creativity now has been sucked into schoolwork mm. and just like generating stuff, which is fun. I really like writing code. I enjoy writing papers. Um, but I also enjoy like so. Sometimes I'll have an idea for like a for like an image or like a picture or a piece of artwork that I want to create. But you know, like if you go online and, and look at a piece of artwork that's done by somebody mm. that that re- re- resembles the thing that you have in your head that person took decades maybe to love to get good enough to make that thing right yep. it looks super straightforward but generating it it's super hard like if you take um if you just look at like one of escher's uh, like pencil sketches right it's mm. like it's like oh that it looks amazing but it gives us the impression that i could do this but you try to do it it's how many lifetimes would it take right yeah. so I think it opens up this, this space where people can people who are a don't have time don't have the time or are just you know okay I don't think everyone is creative okay it's hard to be creative like at at that level okay but it lowers the barrier it's like oh I want to create this beautiful thing I have this Im- image in my head and if you and these tools sort of that you get your feet wet in the creative space to make cool stuff right mm. So that's one thing, but um, the be- the benefit. It's a bit about aesthetics, though. Yeah, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like uh, I want things to look a particular way, or even with music, sound a particular way, and it's um, yeah, it, like you can you can harness all these professional productions and and uh, and particular art styles that people have uh, have practiced, but it's all as far as we're now, it's all just like. Uh, plagiarism, so soft like, plagiarism. So I'm 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 imagining a future where when you log into Netflix, right, you don't you, like you don't search for a show mm. or something. You could you just configure one. Yeah, you configure one. Like like so you talk to you talk to the Netflix AI. Uh-huh. Be like, and be like, what are you what are you in the mood to watch? And then it's like, mm, it'd be like, oh, you know, like I really like the Lord of the Rings movies, and they're like, okay, and I was like, uh, what about something like that? But set in, but set in space, yeah. right? Lord of the Rings in space, right? And you know, I want the same sort of characters, same sort of the same sort of storyline. Mm. Um, want some new enemies, you know, like bunch uh, of death pun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like, and and then like, oh, so you know, like I want Star Wars, X yeah. Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, right? And then it'll go off. It'll be like processing. Like it'll, it'll do a bunch of stuff. And then it'll be like, your show is ready. And then you watch the show, it's like, holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right? So yeah. everyone can be a can be a director. Everyone can be a creator. Like, I mean, let's be real. Yeah. But but like, um uh, there is that possibility. Like uh, that that's what's interesting interesting for me. Yeah. I I, I totally get this. I, I think it's uh obviously these are very these are very difficult examples, right? This is like in my brain, this is light years. Yeah, light years away. Sci-fi, right? Yeah. Um, 
it's it's probably closer than I think because <laughs> I'm always very skeptical. But yeah. uh, um, I I I would I would find it difficult to um, to think of a scenario where it can this can be long term entertainment because mm. a lot of the things that we um, watch are play into some human sensibilities and and I think a lot, a lot of this is something that we have to be very 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 far into AI development for if it ever happens for this to actually be convincing enough you know, for you to watch I can't remember if uh, I can't remember what but like um so when they when Netflix developed the show uh, House of House of Cards they used a bunch of uh, like data science ML things to like to op- to like come up with the perfect show that people would want to watch. Mm. Uh, I could be making this up, but I've vaguely remember remember reading about this. All right, and that's like and it was a we hit should show. do whatever pacing. And yeah, 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 yeah. So, but yeah. like, I mean, I mean, that could be coincidence. Like, but this is more tapping into your brain chemicals, yeah. right? That's yeah, yeah. That, and that's what they're really good at. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So like. <laughs> This is feedback from you, so it doesn't have necessary. Yeah, it could tailor something to you, like cut out a bunch I of mean, scenes. So Maybe that's, that's. I mean, the the recommendation engine right now is a very cr- low, like low level, like it's like version zero of this thing, right? Yeah, it's like the more, it's like the lowest hanging fruit of. Uh, yeah, from existing content. From, yeah, it's like to, it tries yeah. to just do a collaborative filtering or something and be like, okay, here. Yeah, something you might like. I think some, you know, like uh, more short term things could be this kind of uh, didn't. Was that Black Mirror that had this sort of dynamic? Mm, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Episode. I didn't like that episode. I thought it was really cool. Like I, I like, <laughs> I, like I, I appreciate the idea. Yeah. And I was like, God, oh, this is a cool idea. Yeah. But part for me, part of a movie. I love movies. I love TV shows. I've been a fan. I've been like, like uh, you know, I'm I was only I'm the only child, and like I spend a lot of time alone. Like books and movies and TV shows, like games are my thing, right? Mm. And part of like after I spend all day like wor- like working and doing difficult things, making decisions, the last thing I want to do is turn <laughs> do on a TV show <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and make more make more decisions. It's like, oh, that's dude. fair. That's fair. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, come on, man. Yeah, I think uh, I agree. Stop it's making also... me work for you. Do your job. Do your job. Like, yeah. <laughs> why are you making me do your job for you? Well, that's one way you can approach it. I guess it's also from uh, where do you want the story to go? In the, but I, I can see there's some higher cognitive effort to this. I, I guess it's also... For me, the, the story components aren't really that... But mm. I can see how you Black can Mirror was great, obsess though. over like, yeah. oh, I need to make yeah, the yeah. perfect thought, decision here. I, I thought Black Mirror was great. Like, I, like generally, fan, generally yeah. fantastic. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Have you watched... Uh, the uh, uh, watched the uh, Love Death Robots. Yes, no, so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The last so season good. was amazing. So good that that uh, the zombie uh, the zombie apocalypse the, the miniature zombie apocalypse that cracked me up. That was so <laughs> funny, dude. Holy shit! But yeah. like see, uh, some of the I think the that show uh, apart from the themes the the fact that they get directors from yeah it yeah yeah so good it's like short stories i, I love short stories yeah. I, I, I i love short like i write short stories and like um oh this that's just, just fantastic right what the hell are we talking about <laughs> okay so generative models like the benefit benefits yes okay so another thing that comes out of these kind of things is like it's hard to predict where the benefit will show up yeah i maybe uh, it's more of a question for you because it's uh 
you know, I'm I'm always thinking about these things from a very um, techno skeptic point of view. So what I always say is there's there's huge cost to all these things, um, environmentally, etc. Points yeah. that I already raised, and for me, it's always very difficult to to imagine things. You know, I always try to imagine like who who the hell on the other side of the planet cares about all these developments, right? It's all cool for a sort of you know english speakers and and um and and people that have enough money to actually afford having a system to interface with this etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think a lot of the the benefits and also what you mentioned so my question will will follow after is is a bit more in this like um away from from very basic needs that we still have right like we're we're bothered about creativity like, oh man i want to like make some cool music or art that's the things that i care about that could be cool um but like this is not on the minds of many people right that that, that they're more like how do i get through the day no no for sure like okay so i mean so uh, can you can you so my question would be can you uh do you think there are benefits to these technologies more in in uh you know in a sort of um world improving thing and not for just like the the uh sort of western elite but for the planet as a whole so what occurred to me you know as you were like formulating this question is that the sort of non-linear nature of how these benefits show up mm. so Let's take an example, right? Let's take uh, Claude Shannon or I don't know. Any pick 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 any one person, okay? So, um thousands of people wrote master's theses before Sean Claude Shannon did, right? Mm. They amounted to nothing. No one knows about any of these things, yeah. right? Except, except the person that he wrote them. <laughs> and this one guy showed up, wrote this one thesis about this one thing which basically shattered pretty much everything else like it's underlies so many of the things that we do right yes now, right yeah okay so to answer your question it's like i rather have this though my mentality is like we should maximize the upside like maximize the possibility that someone somewhere can somehow like i don't think uh, the the benefit that uh, that shows up is a linear combination of everyone getting some distributed access to this thing and everyone generating a little bit of benefit here and here and there i think for most people most of the time this is going to mean nothing right and then but for but for one person maybe or for one in one group of people might be might it might be so useful that it just like it's a stepwise increase in any say whatever say productivity creativity whatever it is that just cascades through the network and mm. generates a ton of ton of uh, benefit overall cuz most people's most activi- activities most people don't like most people and most of the activities contribute nothing to let's say some metric that we care about right mm. like you could let's let, 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 let's say you're studying for an exam okay and you've read a 100 pages right 99 of the 99 of those pages could have done nothing for you mm-hmm. but that just one paragraph on one page might have made the different made the difference between passing and uh not passing mm-hmm. right it's like this huge non linear jump in benefit right 
and that's sort of how this system like a functional system let's say like a like a democracy or like a uh the system of education we have sort of right so when we of course when we when we educate a lot of people and let's say we give a lot of the we give a lot of phd opportunities to a lot of lot of people i think there's a in, there's the inbuilt into this system is the fact that we are going to maximize on the the likelihood that one of those phd's is going to do something brilliant right because mm. a, a lot of phd's will I mean, that, first of all there are a lot of phd's like it's like it's like 1% of the population yeah, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but like but like of those phd's maybe they i mean they do interesting research they 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 learn stuff they contribute they teach there's a con- not net contribution mm. but if you zoom out maybe it's just that one person that does something phenomenal that just pro- just propagates through the entire thing and improves everyone by a measurable amount as opposed to the tiny little individual contributions which are important but mm. they might not propagate through the network with the intensity that you want to see a measurable increase in everyone's net benefit. Mm. So I err on the side of saying yo like like it's it's important that we have the possibility of these things happening. And like I'm from a place which is one of the poorest places in the world, right? Mm. And the the benefit that I see is that I don't think everyone from where I'm from is capable of doing great things but there might be one, but there might be one or two people who whose lives this could change and mm. then that could change in that could cascade somewhere so I don't know that was like a long-winded No 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 answer. I get where you're going but yeah. but but my thing is uh, on the side of being sensitive mm. to capturing outcomes that are unpredictable but have a outsized net effect on the system as a whole right yeah so that's so i think even though the cost seem huge now it's hard to predict where the benefit from will come from and we should i think err on err on the side that the benefit will come so it's a, it's, a, it's a act of faith it's like i think it's going to show up mm. and i think it's worth investing in this um but you just don't know the costs are, that, that, that's why i brought it up cuz the costs are super obvious mm. but where the value will come from for these kind of things is still not really clear right yeah if it, so so it's thanks for for the for the very elaborate answer it's very insightful always to talk to I, like i don't know like <laughs> that, that's just how i think it's just yeah, like yeah yeah that's fair i think it's a it's a it's a um, mindset that many um people developing ai have to mm. this kind of uh, long uh, term payoff um and it's it's worth considering uh the issue i always have with this is that you're 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 banking on uh unknowns um where most of the harm that this is doing is very immediate and very concrete and doesn't need to happen so it it's not like uh well it you know ai is just here <laughs> and it's not like uh it's just going i don't know what it's doing is whatever I turn on my pc and and things happen and and so the 
we're not in control of the whole distribution chain or whatever. That's all nonsense. It's all effectively looking away to develop whatever project you think is going to work out for humanity in the long term, right? Um, so, so, and I think this, this, um, and I'm not trying to like say you were wrong. You no, no, no. This is it. to the distortion. It's um, um, it, it, it. I think a lot of the the um, this this particular um, way of thinking sort of detaches you from from thinking about the larger scale impact of things because you look ahead, right? You think, oh, um, we we have to sort of optimize random factors that could uh, like random people could actually turn out to be uh very good in the long term for humanity etc um without necessarily worrying about whatever is happening uh, right now right so and and i'm not saying this is not uh, worth pursuing i think having everyone in a um facilitating everyone to maximize their potential that like that is very like why wouldn't we do that that's it so, okay, okay. Wait. Uh, but it's a bit, so the, the point i'm trying to make is that 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 how how many people do you need to shit on before mm -hmm. this ever okay so like okay this is a so i actually spoke about this with someone recently um it's like why do so when we so when 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 we when we educate people let's mm. say right like when we or educate people or like one of my friends asked me i'm getting paid to do this research right and he said uh man i'm not i don't feel like i'm contributing anything uh to anybody right mm. this is just i'm i'm interested in this this is curious to me i'm learning stuff and like i'm but i'm getting paid to do this i don't feel like i'm generating any value yeah right and i was like and my answer to him was like, you're probably not, right? I said, and that's okay. I was like, the reason that's okay is that because on average, the system still benefits, right? Because even though you yourself might not generate anything, it's more important that we bet on a bunch of people like you that someone eventually will benefit something that is of mm. really really importance right yeah so in a sense that person pays off everything that you're pays off your dues for for you yeah right and like um uh, that's a system that is capable of leveraging rare but outsized outcomes right mm. so like there is so uh, i totally understand what you're saying it's like okay so we have to uh, pay all these costs up front, but we don't know where the benefit is, is going to come from, and we have we are sort of saying, okay, well, it's worth it at this stage to do these things, mm. right? And we have to take it at the word of people who are super interested in this, and like, 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 look, no, this is important. Like, you know, when you write a grant proposal, it's like this is important stuff. Give me, give me money to go research this, right? It's like uh, the probability that like you the investment is going to return on anything is almost zero. Yeah. So okay, let me draw some because we're we're in, in doing analogies. So the um, it's a very very benign example you give, right? It's it's easy to point to someone who's doing research and like it's not like I'm actively kicking people in the teeth like on campus here, 
right? <laughs> so, oh, Chris is doing good work. He, you know, he he, you know, attacks some students randomly, <laughs> but I think we're banking on him like turning out well in the yeah. long run. That's not what happens, right? It's uh, I'm I'm fairly harmless generally. I hope I hope you've <laughs> <laughs> been harmless so far so, so and i i take you know like i, I have a whatever footprint on 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 life but it's um there's some cost to me existing but i think it's it's for on on a general level it's fairly all right we're sort of localized beings and it, we're not doing too many bad things um some of us are that there's definitely a portion of us <laughs> that yeah. are but um but I, th I think the sc the scale particularly is what what is mm. what is uh, an issue here. So I think the system works if you have very. Um, yeah, it's funny that we we go into this whole. It's yeah, AI is very um, uh, societally embedded, right? So this is these are things that that we have to discuss then. Um, but I think the the just the the abstraction with the amount of scale that is in, invested in 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 this is much different from me doing some whatever local but isn't this the same sort of argument people had for like you know going to space it's like why spend why is, what's the like why what's the net benefit of this massive cost of investing in this uh yes yeah um that i mean this is uh but still like it's not it's not that um there's cost to it too, and I think that is a um, something that we don't do regularly, right? I it's think not, it's not like, a very active thing. While it has has become no, this what I mean is like I think this is a good conversation because I think there needs to be a lot of work in sort of uh, quantifying the pop the net benefits of investments like yeah like yeah. like um, um, the because the costs are tremendous. I think so. Also, the, the point is that going to space is like a one-off thing. That that we 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 have some video now of going to the moon, etc. And, and there's like a whole lot, lot of technology, obviously associated to this. But these are sort of rare events that that cost a lot of money to develop and then do. Um, whereas with with AI, that's very constant, right? That it's it's something that we we are exposed to all the time you you know unless you're some hermit that doesn't have any access to to anything digital um it's still a very very active component where where decisions of a few people affect like many many people right not not only not not even on like a very abstract or very uh concrete sort of ecological level it's more like even even influence that they have on you mentally and your behavior etc so so i think it works a bit different as an example where where uh you the impact that this technology has on the entire population plus the planet is is significantly uh more it's significantly more impactful than just shooting some rockets in space right you could argue the same things you could say well, it also, you know, it's also very, uh, you know, not very energy efficient no, it's to not like that. blast like, something into like, space, etc. A lot of tax money goes into this. Let's talk like beyond just the raw materials, right? Mm. Like it's, it sucks in cognitive capabilities. That that too. Right. Yeah, so like some of the smartest people on, 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 on planet Earth are working on 
go to space, building AI, yeah. all this, all this stuff, right? When then anyone could make the argument like, why aren't you guys solving X, Y, Z problem mm. in this part of the world, right? Yeah. And one of the things that I love about sort of say the say Western countries, as opposed to place where I'm from, is that you have people have been given the freedom to decide what's important for them. Whereas where I'm from, generally speaking, if you want to if you want to go to university, you don't get to decide what you don't get to decide what uh, what you want to do. Mm. It's like this is the path this is the path you're gonna go to. This is who you're gonna be, yeah. right? And the and the where the where the and the top brass decides where the benefits comes from. Like what's more important to invest in, right? It's not a it's not a distributed calculation. It's a very centralized. Uh, calculation of this is where what we invest in whereas let's say a place like the Netherlands or in the United States the they the they understand that most endeavors are going to result in nothing but some endeavors are going to be awesome and we we invest in those um but the direct like the uh, the direct cost of that investment like you just said is getting bigger and bigger mm. right and like you know it's impacting more and more people every day um how so but but ai okay so if we compare ai to space ai is the the goal is still very nebulous right like what the hell are we working towards like what yep. are we trying to get done that we're spending so much money on and human brain power on yeah right because uh, you know if you ask people what is ai how do you define ai and you ask 10 people you get 10 different definitions right yeah so what's the end goal and how is it going to how can we quantify the benefit of that end goal to humanity and if most people will be like we shouldn't do ai it's like this is gonna be the end of everything right like mm. it'll take over and destroy everyone it's gonna suck right yeah but uh but your point is well taken though like th- how do you justify the, uh, that's a question how do you justify these costs right yeah what's the good way to justify the investment yeah on these things yeah and how do you calculate and capture that return on, in, on investment somehow yeah so i have no idea how to no and there's question. many things that we don't know right especially the you know i'm always worried i've i'm a i'm a dad of a two and a half year old i'm always worried like what is because I, I know the younger generations are already you know more uh, sort of expo- have been exposed to algorithms a lot more mm. in terms of how your life and whatever information you took in has uh, has panned out. I'm worried that at some point there's there's very little investment in like how how do we study effects on behavior on and obviously this is not like a unique thing. It's, there were also like a bunch of things that we didn't know before that we now know okay well uh if you take a lot of drugs that's kind of bad for your brain yeah. etc you know or it might be good for your brain depending on which ones you take <laughs> but um so um the, the it's the speed and distribution though and that's always the thing like it's so so such a complex system of uh of uh one algorithm or one system impacting so many people at the same time in ways that we have no paper trail of whatsoever right no one knows 
what you have well it's maybe in part of your watch history or whatever but what you, what you've seen over the course of your life or whatever and how that has impacted your decisions and and these kind of things right and and obviously this goes into very macro level well we also don't know what like whatever political system does with humans and how they interact with each other etc so it's not all about optimizing for for ultimate good or something uh, um but I do very much worry about sort of long-term unforeseen effects that are, that didn't necessarily have to be the case for very, um, it's a lot of the implementations of AI boil down to making someone some money, right? It's like more views make some particular person a lot of uh, money uh, that could be beneficial to to people watching this content but it's not necessarily the case right most entertainment is sort of not really that uh, cognitively developing so, sort of uh, like, um, content so when i was so i applied to a bunch of programs and uh, for masters and stuff and one of the, so it forced me to think about like why i care about ai right and which is actually i was I, at first i was annoyed because i'm like why, the hell, why do i have tried this thing over and over again but like it was like a very like a ended up ended up being a quite a meditative exercise like why am i doing this right mm. and as far as i'm concerned it's like uh problems are evenly distributed in the world but the ability to solve them is not right it's like if you sample the population of a university right the concentration of phd's here as opposed to phd's back home it's not even close mm. right or like even engineers or whatever it is right you, you like the, the ability to solve problems is not is not is not um scalable it's not it's not been at least like i mean the only way we've been known to we've been able to scale it is in terms of corporations and businesses who can make products that solve problems or things like that Mm. anyways the promise for me there is that you you can democratize these abilities to places that can't afford to have the actual brains that do it for do it for you one one amazing example is di diagnosing uh, diabetic retinopathy so like you can diagnose uh, um, di you can you can diagnose so so Diabetes causes damage to your blood vessels, right? Mm. And you can diagnose it with, through through the eye, which g generally requires a trained physician or like a, a, a big thing and a techniques, right? Mm. But with 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 now recent with now with the deep learning algorithm that, that that you can put on the phone with a flashlight, people in Africa and India and Sri Lanka can go to a freaking uh, optometrist and get their eyes diagnosed for retinopathy, mm. right? Which makes it almost free like it's yeah. it, it's insane how, yeah. how 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 cheap it makes it right right so we've, we've basically taken that knowledge and uh, skill and scaled it up democratized it to people that, that that wouldn't be able to use it use it before yeah which 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 and that's the that's the promise that i that i find in that i think is really in important yeah. and really interesting a place where uh the ability to scale problem solving ability to places that wouldn't otherwise be able to get them all they need is a processor and internet and mm. then we can they, and they and they can do it yeah that's that's uh that's that's something i feel like we can expect a lot of return from in terms of this investment yeah but like you said 
you know it makes like uh, i mean any uh, more anything you use these mics everything's been made because it makes more someone some money right yeah but it contributes to the net effect of whatever this is going to be sure um like i don't know if you lived in uh, like uh, so I, like this is a very interesting experience so when i was living in sri lanka um i had this experience of walking into like this feeling so when you walk when you this feeling of paying for something mm. right and then getting precise getting and and this experience of paying something and feeling like you got the value you paid for is not a common experience back home right because it's you have to you, there's a bunch of costs that that are associated with it that gets transferred on to you mm. that you buy something you're like why this is not this is preposterous why am i paying so much for this thing right it sucks yeah. right yeah. and that happens all the time mm. and also if you go to a store and you like if you want to get something done right and you go to a store to buy something to help you get that thing done if that thing exists there's a feeling of being part of like the environment is sort of set up to help you do the things that you want to do mm. when you go to a store and nothing you want is there like i mean that's my it's been my experience for a while uh it's a qualitatively different experience as to what you have here yeah but here of course you have you have that because you know people pursuing their own profits they go out and start businesses and do stuff build stuff to because people want to buy those things right mm. and a lot of those businesses fail yeah a lot of the businesses fail i mean how many companies went into business to make mics and they all failed but the net benefit is like we get to have awesome mics from some company right <laughs> yeah okay why i brought it up is because like um i forgot what we're talking about to be honest but um that's what ai promises for me for people to be like at home in sri lanka man this fucking sucks i need to build something and collaboratively work with an intelligence to build something new that wasn't there before and i think this might be a stepping stone to those like generative models gets me really excited cuz like okay we now we're starting to see like a way to augment human generative capacity with a machine to give people that couldn't generate stuff at all before a chance to generate stuff that 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 could actually be useful yeah yeah so i just want to uh, so i think so two points one tying into if it's um it's not necessarily harmful that people make money out of mm. this right that that is if if it's capped at some point we're in the clear i think the the fact that we don't have limits on this at the moment i think is rather problematic in many terms of like many things are are scaling to degrees that we didn't foresee and so so this is I mean, this is a concern with ai is like uh, like all oh, any tech sort of thing right any any i think any economic or whatever so like thing is one plus one one actor gets almost all the benefits yeah. from from like so microsoft builds ai it's their ai and they get 99% of the users and like yeah. everyone else gets completely exactly yeah so this is also a bit of a a natural way that things behave right um but so uh, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that way so i think the the um and and there's obviously there's more money unfortunately in developing the next bing <laughs> than there is in doing uh medical research with ai right that's just the mm. cuz 
people like investing a bit more in their day-to-day -day things than they do in whatever happens in 50 years to them right it's a bit more of a yeah i mean like, immediate payoff that's a, like, like okay yeah, that's a hell of a like a yeah it's a human beings are not great at uh, no uh long time horizon thing no no even not in their own lifespan yeah, yeah, which yeah. is really weird <laughs> yeah yeah it's really weird yeah um but so and and i think uh if none of this has to necessarily go away right i think we we you do need indeed like very massive efforts uh that are that need to be financed somehow right uh there need need to be there needs to be some incentive to to dedicate much of your time and cognitive effort to a particular thing that then might benefit many people and a good incentive is money right so that's um that's what we will end up with anyway uh it's just an unfortunate byproduct that 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 sort of the not necessarily even ethical but just uh sort of process regulating uh, uh portion is always very small and it's usually seen as well you're just uh, uh um disallowing us to grow in these particular directions and you see that in many of these larger companies that it's a bit of a window dressing thing that they attract people to think about their systems that that's not necessarily what they want they just want to develop this further and not necessarily think about improving ways that m might be costly to them hmm. um so it's and it's a it's a you know these are very complex questions and issues exactly because it's so intertwined with our ways of governing economics etc that it's uh you know who am I to even talk about no, this, right? It, it, I just care about <laughs> if these systems are harmful, yes or no. And 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 then you start reading up on this, and you're like, okay, well, I might as well do an extra PhD in philosophy and economy and whatever to even be informed about this, so right? It's, like, it's um, crazy. Uh, the the landscape we operate in is fundamentally changing. I think it's like we used to operate in a landscape of just human beings and. Uh, Gen that, that, that that's sort of it like in terms of like the, the intelligences that we had to c contend with right yeah now there seems to be there's a bit of a shift it's like the human beings this is the thing all right so human beings if you just think of each human being as an agent right like a, like a trained agent right we're not trained in silos right if, if you're like a reasonable if, if, if you had reasonable parents and you had you had like a 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 uh, standard like a <laughs> non-horrific childhood mm. right um you were you grew up with other agents mm. connected loosely in some way say culture or family or whatever it is and you sort of like your weights your, your <laughs> the weights of your network were module modulated by the behavior of these other of these other agents, right? Mm. Algorithms are built in silos to perform a very particular very particular task to do very particular thing, right? And for the first time, we have some semi-intelligent agentish thing that's out in the wild, but that's not been modulated by anything else around it, right? It's just train this little thing and same like, like with uh, with uh, the the microsoft bot and the twitter bot right mm. there's us 
there's these two things and all of a sudden like when those two things interact they interact very differently as opposed to the rest of us interact because we have our we are, we are part of a network those things were built completely devoid of any of that stuff mm-hmm. right they're very focused on one thing and then they come come out and interact and you get these unexpected behaviors it's like what the hell is this thing doing right yeah so that's something i'm i'm, I'm like a little bit concerned about like they're going to see things that we just didn't expect like harms that come show up out of nowhere like what the hell like, yeah yeah for sure it's uh yeah it's optimizing for one thing and then you also have this with automated driving or something then we we thought that was an easy task turns out that you actually have to deal with all the noise that is the world yeah and then people crash their car yeah and that was the thing that we were trying to avoid yeah right um but even yeah, un- as you said, un- un- unpredicted things that that uh, um, who knows what uh, there are for sure people that have uh, fallen off some end somewhere because of some algorithm recommending them particular videos or particular content, etc. Um, and I think we can expect exactly the same with you know whatever you open up to people to interact with, and and we're not e- really equipped to um to judge the the value of this or like how what is just backing off to a very um <laughs> uh, simple example just the you studying for for this exam uh, uh using this uh sort of text synthesis software the let's say that you would completely trust whatever this system is saying you you're just out of time you just need to study for this exam this is the way they chose to do it you mess up the exam this makes you fill your studies let's say right we're not that harsh here <laughs> fortunately but like let's say that that happens it could have like immeasurable consequences on your life right just mm-hmm. because at some point you decided to to use some misinformed system yeah um and uh you know part part of this is just uh, we need to adapt right as as uh, it's not this is not going to go away in the in the immediate future so we have to and and i i'm worried a bit about this cuz even informing people about what things like misinformation are and and what that there's people that thought about this and there's certain facts actual facts <laughs> Actual facts. Actual facts about <laughs> real news. Real <laughs> yes, news. The, tr- the truth. The, the truth. Yes, um, and 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 how to discern this from things that might be uh, uh, um, less proven um, or or plain wrong is already a huge societal problem, right? And 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 that you, we already see that creates polarization and all these weird effects from something quite you know benign like i i i just show you a bunch of articles that that have some little like crackpot theories in them and it, as, if i keep on doing this and 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 i i can convince you to take this seriously we are which is exactly what's happening right then and i'm not saying that uh, that is not that is necessarily something oh this is what what is actually the truth and you should be into this it's just this effect that it has on society is already like very clear now just talking to family or whatever oh, yeah, yeah. right so like this uh 
this uh it's like this personalized this personalization bubble right yes it's like your netflix is personalized your youtube is personalized yeah. your google search is and personalized and no one has insight in like yeah, yeah, yeah. no one knows why that's happened well we know it's a recommendation system so uh also like chatgpt is not like it's not deterministic right like if you and i asked and if you are if you and i sat down and asked the same things on two two different occasions it won't give you the exact same answer no it? it's that's a very good point no probably not well let's say was, i think to some extent it might be deterministic but there's no way that that's going to be the the case for the long term but then again many systems aren't deterministic like search engines aren't deterministic um there's there's different ways that Google ranks pages based on not even your uh, you and your search history, which you, you would like, right? Uh, they tailor it to the things that you find important and rank it for you. It's also uh, localized in a way that it picks up on particular things that this paper is showing this, that that uh, from being from some region gives you different, yeah, yeah, completely sure. vanilla Google yeah, account. Yeah, yeah. Gives you different results than no, no, uh, for sure. Like, uh, like uh, I mean, I, I knew I knew Google was watching everything I did, but one it, it was super salient because um, Google has this hidden coding challenge mm. um, that, uh, like, so based on your search history and like the interaction with Google, they send you this like let's say after a while I don't know this happened like sometime last year while I was like writing a, like working on some piece of software, I typed in a search engine and all of a sudden this underneath the search bar this weird thing showed up and it's like do what like there's a challenge you but that you might be interested in taking and if you take the challenge and you pass all three stages you get interviewed for a job at google mm-hmm. right yeah and i was like part of me was like the cool yeah i, mean, I, was I like, got profiled to hell right uh, there and then I was, <laughs> part of me was like jesus christ like yeah this is not what i asked you to do for me no i didn't ask you to do this right no. like this is like what what why yeah there's, uh, and that's uh, that's in the personalized domain so that, which is or that's that's already a whole thing in itself and i i don't think that that there's obviously like many guardrails on this right like they they don't want you have i have we're working on some research right now i can't i can't really divulge ma- much but um there's definitely things to to the search engines that that even from having no information from you other than where you're from is already like biases the hell out of you. No, I should. <laughs> that doesn't bias the hell out of it. It shows some some signal. See, that is that that you would assume that this is a neutral system. You would hope that if you use it, then it will give you things that are um, that are still balanced, right? Like I don't want to. I don't want to be in a bubble. I don't think many people want to be necessarily in a bubble. It's just an effect of the algorithm. But a priori, it's already doing this kind of stuff. Mm. which is totally weird like this is well it's not weird it's explainable through however they set up the system and what they expect users to do um and obviously that there's revenue uh, uh tied to this so then we get into what makes more money is that like how how do i maximize people using a particular search engine that's giving them effective results what are effective etc so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah so like again. i mean if it works you know, people have used it, right? Generally speaking, but like, okay, I think I, I wanted to ask you about um, Codex, uh, the and uh, uh, GitHub Copilot. Mm. So um, that's 
way more useful for me than ChatGPT. Same, absolutely. Like, so there's this uh, the, the again. So this is comes back to the generative generative models. This whole thing where it's like, what I realized is like, if you're a, if you're bad at coding, if you're if you're not a developer, if you're not a programmer, I'm not a developer by any. Okay, first of all, by I'm not a developer by any stretch of the imagination. Like I've been around like actual people who develop software for their day job, mm. and like it's a different ball game, right? But if you don't program, you don't know how to program very well. It's not that useful, right? But if you're like a reasonable programmer, it makes you so efficient. Like, cause, like I don't have like, um, cause I have this. So when I'm writing like a fairly complicated piece of software, it's like I have the idea of what I want software to do. I don't want to have to like write these loops and like write these little pieces of like little little tiny little subroutines that yeah. I need, right, to get this thing done. I can right. just like I can just say hashtag. I was like, hash, this function takes uh, takes in a matrix, uh, takes in two matrices, finds the calculates the uh, covariance matrix, and and then tab tab tab, da 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 da. Here's this. Okay, cool. Plug that in. It works. Like, yeah. Damn, that's so. These models have the capacity to make people who are already productive, so insanely productive. Absolutely. And then let's like. It's like flatten out. It's like a, it's it's like a it's like a like a like a like a putting a filter on a Fourier transform. It's like you, certain frequencies boost them up, and then everyone else, everyone else gets everyone else gets decapitated. Yeah, because <laughs> like because if you're like a if you're like a like okay, so I actually worked for this. Uh, I knew this guy who was working for this law firm, and they're super interested in this stuff, right? Mm. They're super interested in language models, particularly because like. A lot of a lawyer's time is spent reading, yeah, right, right. reading briefs, synthesizing, ra- synthesizing stuff. stuff, writing arguments, right? Yeah. Like that's a lawyer's day job. Yeah, and I'm these kind of like an advanced version of ChatGPT, like tailored for for like a law firm or just their own data, will be like eliminate ninety percent of the lower level jobs. Yeah, and be like, if you're an amazing lawyer, you're gonna be there, and you're gonna be. You could take on even more clients. You can make even more money. But yeah. if you're like an average person, yeah, you're pretty much fucked, right? Yes. And like one of my friends emailed me and he asked me, "Hey man, do you think we can we can use ChatGPT to like or like to make a to make a chatbot for our executives, just trained on our financial data, mm. so that like they can ask questions like what was last year's earnings, uh, like taking into account factors A, B, yeah. C, right? Absolutely. And I was like, holy shit, that's yeah." And that's like a that's someone's job, right? Yeah. That's uh, like a intern's job. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, Managing portfolio. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So like, the winner take all problem is way more amplified in this AI situation. I think a lot. Yeah. I think you you're you're but you you touch on a point that is also like most of the what what we call we call grunt work or whatever, right? That 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 is to a large extent out of the window. Plus, very complex search operations. Exactly like you said, if I have to go through massive amounts of financial data and also like not being really knowledgeable about this, because um, otherwise you have your system set up, right? You can query this and it's fairly easy. And and there's for sure a software that, that can do this. But just off the formulating things that aren't necessarily coded in, that's quite, that's a, that's a, that's for sure a, a cool productivity development. And then for coding, I, I'm also like, this is fantastic. I don't have to uh, think about many of the things. But the point is, though, 
that to confirm if this works is legit and especially in a law setting you still need a bunch of experts yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. i still need to have done all this like really boring yeah, yeah oh yeah, uh, follow yeah. the python course and then like yeah, yeah, i do yeah. some no, advanced no, sure. stuff yeah. and whatever and then, otherwise i can't evaluate if it's actually correct yep um and and that will never go away right we're just yeah so some of the very uh, tedious work and but that's what programming to a very large extent already did we have automated a lot of things in our lives mm. that we don't need to worry about anymore filing taxes in the netherlands it's great like most of the things are automated it's fantastic like if you if you ever need to then after returning from this have to like fill in this whole booklet with your own financial information like i don't want this yeah, like yeah, yeah. we have better systems it's fantastic why didn't we already automate this so um and uh, this is just another sort of abstraction layer on top of that right so i think for these sort of uh, constrained scenarios super useful still need someone to interpret it though yeah yeah true it's like so like uh to know if 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 what ChatGPT is saying is correct, you already have to know the you already have to know what the hell he's talking about. Absolutely, right? and you have so if you query it for expert information, you have to actually be an expert to evaluate <laughs> yeah, yeah, if yeah. it's good, yes or no. Yeah, right? yeah. So this is interesting. So like, uh, like, how do you trust these models? How do you? This is this is a real problem, right? Like, how do you generate trust in? I mean, how do you trust other people? Yeah, right. uh, there's a very famous, uh, well, not really famous, I think locally famous in my, <laughs> my sub-sub-sub-domain, but uh, that under no accuracy are models ever safe to implement in like fully automated decision-making. Um, exactly the same reason why you wouldn't want to put like someone in charge of many people without any uh, checks and balances, right? That's We don't do that in the real world so why would we want to do that with something that's automated non-transparent etc right i can at least query you right walk up to you and ask you like why the hell did you do this yeah 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 this is not good man yeah. uh and you have some like let's hope they have some morals and whatever and then you feel bad about messing something up with with these systems i ask them why why and then there's no idea no it's like nope don't know <laughs> uh the weights man they made me do it yeah yeah so true. and then so can you ever implement this like do we ever are we ever sure safe even with like a like chat gpt very good example of something that's completely over engineered not to mess up right like you want things to it's obviously um in a huge feedback loop with whatever the users are doing um but but the the amount of guardrails they had to put on this to uh, as we uh, talked about before not have this sort of uh pr problem eventually uh so it's it's not it, that that also requires a lot of of um effort thinking about what might it potentially do and then even then you're never sure that it doesn't go off some like very weird local minimum yeah. and yeah, generates yeah. So like, like a bunch of if, some, if something happens and then you ask OpenAI or microsoft why did the model tell you why did this model say this i don't know they'd be like nah, i have no idea no they can they can, they th can there's obviously techniques for interpretability etc and then there are some we can we have some cues but it's it's never and that is yeah if you're an ml researcher you can apply this and look at it and then think about it very hard no one's going to do that for every output, right? 
this is like some some what do you think about them putting this out in the world like as chat gpt what ballsy ballsy right very ballsy yeah, yeah but it, and it is i that's why i also said this is it's a uh, it's the language technology isn't necessarily very impressive it's just the the fact that that it works still it worked quite well it hasn't messed up yeah the engineering it's, is pretty it's impressive. unprecedented right yeah. it's uh, it's such a and 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 obviously with this um also comes a, a bunch of these costs that they've apparently hired i forgot what what country was exactly i i want to say nigeria but i don't don't i don't think it's that uh two dollars an hour to annotate like a bunch of uh toxic content so that it at least wouldn't produce that right it's a problem that's been worked on in academia for i don't know who knows how long because like online moderation uh is a, is a very big um part of whatever was missing in in social media for a very long time um and and they just uh, whatever they just did it in secret like paid almost uh well basically peanuts for uh for annotating all this data and just to make sure that that this kind of stuff doesn't happen right so it's um yeah it, it's for me, it's always a bit like, yeah, it's, this is exciting, but there's this sort of very bitter aftertaste to whatever is happening. Sure. So, um, I, 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 online moderation, right? Yeah. What, like, what, 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 what is the current landscape in terms of AI and content moderation online? Like, let's say, like, Twitter and Facebook. And yeah. Um, uh, well. <laughs> It's nice to pick up on this particular thing. It's um, I, I there's there's a there are a, a bunch of uh, articles and documentaries that that have laid out what the reality of the matter is, which is that there's uh, massive teams just doing um, manual uh, content moderation, even though a lot of these platforms like to claim that they've automated this. A lot of it is still, uh, or or was at least. I'm not sure what the current state is, because because you know, OpenAI, open part. Um, but it, this is a very difficult problem. It's um, and and, and um, I know because I did I did research on it for a while. Um, not not only um, detecting if something is harmful. Uh, by the text itself it's a very you know it's a it's it's a socially embedded problem right it's uh who sends this to whom uh, uh in what context where are they from yeah, is I mean, it like, acceptable language in the culture that they're from like if you if you try to content moderate my conversation with like my best friends exactly you'd flag is that every necessary you flag every other word it's exactly like, like, exactly. this is like this is the bullying yes, ha yes. harassment like harassment yeah, what's yeah. going on but then you look at the contest like oh they've been, they've yeah, been they're friends they've, 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 been, they've been friends for 25 years like, yeah okay, that makes sense. exactly and then and then that's a lot of the context that's usually missing but also yeah many of the many other factors like uh 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 also time right like language evolves in the in in the way that some words are now really offensive whereas they were totally acceptable in some whatever niche and, and some words are invented like tweeting yeah, yeah exactly there's a lot of language creativity going on we the languages develop etc that's a bit of a long-term problem for all of nlp i guess but um like content moderation is is a very 
my sort of embedded problem, which is why it's really popular to work on too. And it's very difficult to not, uh, to, it's very difficult to do it correctly because realistically, we're not these social media platforms, right? As academic researchers, we don't have access to the data they have access to. And a lot of the problems that we just described would require information about who talks to whom, what frequency, is it usually positive, whatever they're sharing? Do they know each other in real life? So you could do location, proximity, this, all this kind of like very surveillance mm. kind right. of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. things just to to prevent uh people sending each other nasty messages online um so yeah I, th I think a lot of this research is also quite misrepresented that you claim that you have like some very high uh you know you just get a benchmark with a bunch like a little test set people will say well we scored uh 0.5 higher than the previous paper so yay but it, actually nothing is solved with this. It's just a little toy task. If you ever deploy it in the wild, it doesn't work, or at least it didn't. I'm not sure if OpenAI has like uh, done some magic thing to to avoid this. I would I would assume no. And it's it's the it's also very different from filtering it out of some uh, generative system over filtering it out of human communication, because the 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 you can predict what the you have access to the distribution of whatever encoded language is, right? It encoded language like, and from that filtering, it's much easier. Whereas detect, like, you get in if you get into the online harms and sort of uh, content moderation domain, it gets really adversarial. If I if I'm a notorious uh, toxic person online, and I get I get flagged. I know, okay, I shouldn't say these things this way. I want to continue though. So let me change my language in a way that the system doesn't pick up anymore. And you get into this whole sort of, uh, yeah, 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 arms race into like... Yeah, you're charging symbols and like... You're exactly. letters and stuff. Exactly. So that's, that's uh, it, it's a really interesting problem. And I think it's somewhat of an, uh, you know unsolvable problem to some extent yeah so it's interesting, like so in, in in video games they try to deal with this quite a bit like trying to you know because you don't want to have a toxic environment because that that makes people stop playing the game and yeah. that's not good for business right so you want to try and make it as peaceful as possible and i think uh so like dota 2 at least the game i'm familiar with the answer they have is like put all the toxic people together in one place mm. and then separate everybody else from these people, right? Yeah. So instead of, instead of trying to moderate and trying to figure out what the hell they're saying, it's like you let people rate each other and then you put all the ones who got shit ratings together <laughs> and then put them in their own little hell and yes. then let, let, let everyone else like live their lives. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, it's like virtual prison. That's kind of like, interesting. Exactly. And I, I guess that, that, that works for, for games like Dota where you have small games and you can like, mm -hmm. people need to amass to, yeah, in yeah, some yeah. like yeah. small room and yeah. that, that, that works fine. And unfortunately, the web isn't like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's a, like, it didn't occur to me like, wow, like, how much of the web is language, right? It's like, yeah. it, it's most of the web is For sure. human language, like natural language, right? So dealing with the web is basically a huge NLP problem. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. There's also many, many layers of, uh, of uh, you know, sort of metadata and, and higher level information that, that we don't necessarily, that's kind of the semantic web uh, um, type of deal. 
Um, but yeah, a lot of uh, Web 2.0 is content creation by humans and like talking to each other, right? So that is mostly, there's obviously a lot of video content that also contains language. Um, uh, yeah, in essence, this is text and, and language, right? Um, but also the interactions and stuff. We typically forget that it's still a communication platform, right? So all the information that we usually have about interactions is actually encoded in there in some way. We usually just don't see that because it's like a hardware-based thing. So um, one interesting uh, thing of like uh, of generative models particularly is like you can now... So there are companies that you can just like get photos of generic people, right? Like you, if, you're, if, you're a, if you're a fashion designer, yeah. if you're like a fashion person, like, man that's something it's like you just go online and you just like build this person that you want and then you put the clothes you want on it and like this person doesn't exist you can't it can't like man that's craziness yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> these yeah it's uh it's yeah these are are the generative avenues i i think with visual stuff it's really easy to do it really well mm. I, there's still like notorious whatever things that it's not good at like hands Oh yeah, the uh, text in images is kind of hard. Exactly, these kind of things and and uh, doing hair like exactly correctly. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know how long they no, took for to model this. Yeah, correctly but like video now, game, man, so. the things they do is things they do are crazy. Like the, like I haven't had a, a console since the PlayStation Two. Mm. So like, because I'm a I'm a I'm a recovering addict. Mm. Like video games, man. That's like that, that's my that, that's my drug. Like. Mm. I'll play that shit all day. Like when, when when I start playing video games, nothing else is interesting. Like I don't like my I don't like going out. I don't like working. Like everything is yeah, yeah. less fun than video games to me. I had my time too when I was younger, but uh, yeah. So I I can't do that. But like the level of detail uh, that people so the, the there's this general endeavor of like creating a an abstraction layer of reality on top of the reality we're living in right now and language plays a huge part in that i feel like you know generating language understanding language passing it like making sure people understand what's happening yeah and and the effect that this will have on on language use is also really interesting right like let's say that on a grander scale everyone decides to rewrite or like improve their theses or something or essays or papers or whatever writing you do using these kind of systems you get into that shapes your vocabulary like a lot, right? If you never read anything, well, that's interesting. You mentioned it's super interesting because, like, so Notability has uh, like the app that I use on my iPad. You can if you, you can select math equations and then convert into like nice math, like you write it by hand, convert it into math, right? Yeah. And because I want that to work well, I have changed my handwriting oh, yeah. so that like it's it can be it can adjust it can pick it up better. Yeah. Right. So like I, I completely understand what you're going for. Yeah, this. yeah, and it's uh, it, it's uh, yeah. I'm I'm obviously like a lot of linguists would argue that that the things that you're exposed to uh, in in day to day conversation and and um, television etc are much more salient than things that you just see on a screen and you improve uh, and things um but there's definitely a, 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 a subset of people that are only exposed to english via the web mm. and so if you if you change to a large extent what and there's people researching this in the department too to what like what kind of vocabulary you're you're um you're exposed to 
that shapes your language use over time, right? And and I'm wondering if could also have positive impacts. Like if we're if we're if we get like a lot of examples of well constructed sentences based on um, on our own writing, if we could gradually improve this, that would be interesting. You know, be interesting. I'm not saying that that happens. Yeah, like, like uh, it'd be interesting. Like if you so you, once people start using let's say people are using ChatGPT to improve their improve their essays, right? And over time, you see that like. They're all converging to one writing style. Yeah, like, exactly. Then you're like, oh, that's Chat GPT <laughs> writing style. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. It does definitely has a signature, uh, very boring. Yeah. Writing style, but it's a. I, I mean, I'm not saying like, oh, uh, this is a your your ticket to being like a very creative writer, and uh, and it's not like if you read all the literature in the world that you're now like a very good writer. It definitely helps. But you still need to pick up on things that happen in the writing and be interested in, in in creative writing and constructing particular things and playing around with language, to even bother doing this, right? So I'm not saying that oh, it's gonna make us all better writers, but there's there there'll definitely be some effect on on writing and also the things that we, um, yeah, some information that we're exposed to. There's definitely some some uh, things in what chat gpt uh generates that are controlled somehow right it's uh it, you know silicon valley based uh or you know with microsoft there are particular values that are imposed on this system right you can ex you can make it make jokes about men and about uh um yeah, but women, it's like, no. <laughs> I didn't know that. I don't do that. That's pretty funny. I did not know that. Yeah, so the, the, and, and it's, and I get where that comes from, right? Because, because you have to take into account what sort of the toxic population is that might abuse this to whatever extent. And hence, you, you have to take into account these particular variables. Um, but yeah, now, now it becomes a bit, uh, more yeah like a political thing right like do we want to use some system that uh, that only adheres to yeah. this uh um political agenda and and what would be uh, uh proper behavior yeah i think it's also so, imp important to be like they like uh these things are not vanilla like plain objective things right they no. they bring our inbuilt like ideas and biases and all these things absolutely to their production of language yes and 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 avoiding that is many layers of also biased rules right heuristics do not make it do particular things because uh, because we generally see these as undesirable um so it's a it's a very interesting sort of reflection of of our language use plus all the biases and all the not so nice people on the web and then trying to filter this through sort of uh, uh, um, as harmless as possible some rainbow filter basically it's mm. uh it's it's very interesting and um that that but that that to a very large extent also shapes how you interact with it right so so there's much like you overfitting to your personal assistant uh like Siri or whatever. Oh, I'm not only going to use it for these things because that works. Um, this will do the same, right? Like you'll figure out that some things just don't work, so you're not going to use it for that. Um, and and 
to a large extent that also shapes interactions and 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 whatever information language etc you get out of it so again we go into the hmm. the whatever effect it has on on sort of larger scale um interactions and and uh, our behavior etc okay but yeah well like so um well man it's been almost two hours <laughs> i'm sure you have yeah, like you have actual things to do today but uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah i have a bit more time but yeah but like uh, last thing i wanted to ask was like because i i did look just, I, I looked up like some of the papers you wrote and like uh the content moderation and sort of identifying um like how to make the internet less of a uh, hellhole to interact with which mm. is a huge part of language right like in the internet is so much language and like um so it feels like to me you know we are all sort of taking taking a part of being a human and then trying to deal with it right so like vision research is like okay vision is a huge part of how we see the, how we interact with interact with the world we need to put money in this thing language is like probably the next biggest thing is like how okay, how the hell do we like hearing perception communication is like the next big thing right mm. for human beings right and um, like what do you like is there anything that's exciting for you in terms of in terms of natural language processing and like any anything that anything, anything that that excites you in the sense that like this could be something something interesting to go down a path um that's a good question <laughs> put, you, put you on the spot yeah <laughs> no i think i think um the th- the problem is that i'm 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 uh, i'm not necessarily very involved with nlp per se and or i know that my research is mostly nlp um and i so what do you care what what, what applications are you particularly interested in like and in terms of apl- applying these things to um I'm so the most of my rec- especially recent research has been in applying um ML and NLP systems to subvert NLP systems mm. which I that is to me very like a very interesting line of research so that is how do I uh so mainly stuff I've worked on is how do I not uh, reveal information about myself in my writing so not necessarily uh, the things that I write, but the things can be, that can be inferred from my writing style. Yeah, like uh, J.K. Rowling. Uh... Author information, yeah. exactly. Like, um, and that that's um, inferring identity, but it could also be things like you write like someone who is from the Netherlands, speaks English, is educated in this and this, um, probably has this kind of income you look like you're mentally stable uh <laughs> you have uh, uh i not, don't know not something introverted <laughs> personality whatever and these are all things yeah. that 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 their papers predicting all of these things um about just from your writing style that's crazy it's very it's very scary to me yeah. i worked on this because so yeah I, I worked on online harms for a while and one of the things that we wanted to do was um um detecting adults talking to minors online so trying to trying to moderate those conversations or like end them at least so what do you do you try to predict the age of the of the writing based on 
uh, age of the writer based on their the text they they input and the thing with adults talking to minors that aren't necessarily don't necessarily have good intentions that they try to mimic the language from like the the younger person but they can't there's always indicators in their language use that reveal that they're old mm. like what vocabulary or or certain sentence constructions that that that, uh, that a 14 year old doesn't come up with or right 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 using periods after yeah. <laughs> this kind of stuff yeah the punctuation <laughs> exactly yeah just that's a, it's a very blatant example but for sure yeah these yeah. kind of things Particular uh, um, emoticons were yeah, also. Yeah, no, no, it's funny. Like uh, do a li little nose in a smiley. Old. Yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, and you know, uh, your writing reflects the way you think in it. Like because yes, like so one of the, like a piece of advice that I got a while back is like if you can write clearly, then you can think clearly. Like because you have to because it reflects when you write something out, it reflects your thinking process absolutely and mm -hmm. it, it also it reflects a lot of, of uh um your world state right like how were you brought up what what things were you exposed to what do you what things do you know what things do you not know um and so it actually reveals a lot of information about you that that can be automatically inferred mm. um and the 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 path that we're going down on is that it becomes a lot easier to to train these kind of models that do this inference. So before it was, yeah, you needed like annotated data with, because you have to do supervised learning. So I need your your Twitter profile or whatever. You don't have social media, but let's, <laughs> some other person's. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I have a Twitter profile because I had to make an account to get some data for it. There you go. Somewhere. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just, to make, just to be technically accurate. Yeah. yeah. And then some human labels, uh, uh, some predictions, maybe some indicators that you actually self-report particular things, but and you needed to collect this, annotate it, pay people to do that train an expensive ml system and you would you would actually need to be some researcher of some kind right so it so by resource exclusion it already safeguards people from these things although now with uh then then it would put it more in the hands of okay companies can do this etc they definitely do also do this because it it's a way to serve you ads more effectively, for example, if they can profile you correctly. Right. Um, and then you don't necessarily need to give all this information in terms of whatever you like or, or uh, you know, Facebook was very big on harvesting all this sort of metadata about you, shows and music, et cetera, that you liked. They, they can just do it from your writing style. So, um, but if any individual can just infer things about you, using these kind of systems that puts you in a pretty peculiar spot if you don't want to reveal particular information right and and that like okay your age is a bit that that's not too bad right um, um but if you're let's say that they they want to predict your your uh, political leaning based on your writing style in some oppressive regime where that actually has pretty severe consequences. It, you could be thrown in prison for not supporting mm -hmm. uh, um, whatever is the, 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 the dominant political party there. Yeah, that, that could be quite scary, right? Like th this actually has real world impact. And so because of this, I, I, I got interested in, okay, can we rewrite whatever we input in a way that you don't reveal this information anymore so it's it's a very complex nlp task actually because now we have to change writing 
to something that still needs to convey the same message. Um, and we don't necessarily have metrics for this. We don't have a metric. We have some for machine translation or whatever that show, okay, this is quite close to the original in terms of word overlap or, or semantic, whatever we think semantic similarity is. So is the meaning the same? But, and that's usually based on some model too. So these are all quite vague. Um, and, and then you try to do this, right? So you try to rewrite. It's sort of like maybe some sort of style transfer textually, if you're familiar with that. Um, ideally, making it as neutral as possible. And what is a neutral writing style? That's not like an actual concept, right? There's not, there, it's always colored somehow through whatever. So you try to get, and the, the annoying bit too, like another additional layer of complexity is that you usually don't really have the model that you're trying to like attack in this way, as, as we would phrase that. So uh, you you launch some adversarial attack on this model, but you don't necessarily have access to the model. So you need some substitute to um, inform you about these things and then hope that whatever attack you launch then generalizes to some other system. So this is all really highly complex. Um, uh, I, I unfortunately only spent half of my PhD on it because I, I have, a, obviously I have a ton of ideas now, but a, a bit less time. Um. <laughs> See, this is why we need AI. We need, we, have all, like, we, need, we, need, we need someone to implement all the ideas that we have no, no, that we have no yeah. time for. Yeah, so now I, I need to get other people to uh, to be interested in this. Um, but it's, but so <laughs> this, but it's a, it, and it, it, I think these kind of techniques also uh, they all, they they propagate into other interesting areas. So, um, like uh, writing style or presentation of information somehow you can also apply that to things like the news like is is the news showing particular uh, uh coloring of some sorts is it do they paint like a sort of diverse picture of things in terms of uh um who they talk to and which examples they give um can can you measure if 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 particular information is politically biased or is written more in the in in a in a style that caters to to mm. males or you know these kind of things. So it has really broad applications, not necessarily the tinfoil hat bit that I'm very interested <laughs> in. <laughs> um, um, oh man! Yeah, but it, so these are yeah. That's that's what I'm and and the better these models become, obviously the better they become at like sabotaging themselves. Um, so I think that, that but, but that's a, a bit of an atypical thing to say that, oh, I'm really interested in how, like, I'm going to break these algorithms in the future. Um, but this is what I, I research. So, yeah, that's what I'm. Uh... That's cool. <laughs> no, like, uh, I'm. I like, you know, language is a I've been I've been writing since I was a little kid. Right. And I've been slowly like written short stories like never had like the idea or the the motivation to write a whole book i have no idea what, what i would write about but i enjoy writing and like i one of the things that really leaves me at odds in a place like sri lanka is like i want to say what i want to say mm. right? i want to write what i want to write and i want to think what i want to think like one of my guy i know personally uh, is facing 10 years in prison for writing something that could be uh, 
that could be interpreted as um saying a monk is gay um, right it's a short it's a fictional short story yeah. and there is a there is a way to interpret what he wrote in one paragraph as showing that this monk in this short description is a homosexual mm. right and i was like no 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 this is not this is not i just like that was not the place i wanted i wanted i wanted to live in and for me language is a gateway to my mind right and i want to be able to express what's on my mind through language to whatever degree that i want to do it right yeah. Yeah. but it's like you know i do it in a context of other people right and this content moderation thing is probably next you know is close to my heart because like you know i i recognize the problem but the solution we're coming up with may not be the solution that we want no i absolutely agree and it's it's very closely varying to censorship too yeah. right so then it's who who the dominant uh system implementation organization or uh or corporation is that then controls what is what's the truth what is acceptable yes or no and uh, yeah that i don't think we should ever go there yeah it's rough man like it's a but it's good that we like we have we have people like you who are thinking about it because like (laughs) otherwise we have all this we'll just be like oh no this is great like clearly this is bad this is clearly this is wrong like like stop that shit and what makes communication worth having is that you can have communication that you learn something from and you can't learn something from anything if you always get what you expect no right there's no, no learning happening there no it's kind of hard no so we also don't want to be in a language bubble yeah 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 exactly dude this has been great yeah i think this is i think this nice. wraps this up <laughs> but because like i'm 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 running out of juice <laughs> Same. Yeah. and uh yo this has been awesome like yeah. so like, i don't know i don't even know how i would start to write the intro for this podcast because we talk, <laughs> we talk about talk about everything yeah but uh thanks for joining me today thanks for the invite Let's do this again soon, for sure thanks man all right catch you soon thank you for listening i hope to see you again next time